This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello, and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith, your why in the world did we have to get winter again uh, when I thought we had fake spring going on, friend? Uh, today, I am joined by Hale Varsity staff writer, Steve Mark. Steve, thank you for being back on the show. How are you, man? My pleasure, Greg. I am uh, doing fabulous right now. It's a wonderful time in uh, wintry Nebraska, and uh, we got some just got some spring football in the mix. So it's been fun. Yeah, we, we should not have spring football, state high school basketball and like a freak snowstorm and not even snowstorm is too strong. I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean? Like a couple inches. If you live in listeners from Nebraska, we got a couple of inches of snow, a little bit of ice overnight um, as if we aren't used to that, but we are not used to that during spring football and state uh, high school basketball time. Yeah, yeah, it's a interesting time for sure. But you know, we all live in this state, and we've all uh, experienced the kind of dramatic and kind of shifts that go on with the with the weather. So yeah, absolutely. Now I'm going to jump right into it because each week of the show, uh, we have a few segments that are mainstays of the show. And the first one is called Coach Speak, where we go over something that a player, a coach or a talking head said, and then we kind of give you the straight up breakdown of what they meant. Coach, speak to real talk. Um, and Steve mentioned uh, spring football right off of the rip. We're kind of we're recording this at a little bit different time than, we, than I normally do. I usually record this Monday morning. We're doing Monday uh, late afternoon, which gave us time to actually have Nebraska uh, press conferences and availability today. Um, and the quote comes from that uh, time from defensive coordinator Eric Chenander when he was talking about uh, Chris Kalarovic playing the nickel position uh, in the defense. And you guys will know that it's kind of the JoJo nickel uh, as we came to call it last year. Chenander said, "Quote." It's been really nice to see him out there in space and being fluid. And I think we'll get a little more man coverage in as we keep moving through the install and we'll see how he does with some man coverage, but everything he's done uh, has been a really good job so far. Let's break that down. So Steve, you were over there when Chenander said this, what do you think he meant by this? Well, I think he just meant that, you know, it's, it's spring and they need to find a replacement for Jojo Doman and there might not be one on the roster, but what they do have are three candidates who each bring something different to that position and whichever candidate wins the job, whoever gets out there on the field at that um, kind of interesting, intriguing nickel position that I, I really love for, for some reason, um, <laughs> Eric Shenander is going to tailor his defense to what they aren't good at basically. And, and tailor the defense and uh, you know, do things that help, you know, they have their traits that they're good at. He's going to like help them, you know, help the defense uh, I guess use their traits to, to their advantage and, and don't do what they aren't good at basically. Now the thing with Jojo is he was obviously pretty good at, at, at all, all the facets that you want the, the nickel to be really good at. He was six, six, one, a little under 230 pounds. 
He was great at run support. He was really good at backside uh, pursuit, running down plays, and he could hold his own for a little bit in man coverage. And that's exactly what that position um, entails, that nickel position entails. And, you know, they're the three guys that they have in that room right now um, that, that are the kind of leading candidates for that. Isaac Gifford, um, Javin Wright, who they like to call Buddha, which I think is really cool. And then also uh, Chris Klarvik is the new guy in there um, this year. This will be his first spring um, playing and practicing as a nickel. So each each guy brings their unique traits to it, and whichever one wins the job, Eric Schneider has been very vocal and upfront about you know playing to their strengths and not kind of forcing them to to be a JoJo because I don't know if there was is one on the roster. Yeah, and that's, that part of it is also really interesting to me when you talk about um, Chenander not wanting to force it, but also playing to their strengths, which will in turn make that player look better, right? And not trying to just force it and say, it has to be a guy that can do all of the things JoJo can do instead of just finding what that player that wins the job does best and then kind of rolling with it from there. And I actually think the thing that is just like really interesting about this whole position and all of the talk about it to me is that it can be unique in that Nebraska can shift and mold that to the players that they have on the roster. They're not necessarily beholden to having to go out and recruit specific guys to play that, but you can go to any number of body types or types of guys with the way it looks like it's going and say, hey, we can see you in this role and we'll create kind of this role in this defense for you. And that ends up being a nice pitch and a way to then keep the guys on the roster that are working their way up kind of engaged and involved too, because if they know that Chenander is willing to kind of mold it to their skill set that then they, I think, can feel more comfortable that eventually their time will come too. I just, re- I really think that the way that they're handling that is really neat. Now, we don't know if the results will end up coming out um, in the way that it did, you know, when they had JoJo in that role. It's going to be tough to replicate that, just the production because of how good and how um, multifaceted his skill set is. Um, but I do think that that's one of the really intriguing um, storylines of trying to figure out what will happen with the 2022 defense um that is i don't know if it's going like under the radar because there are other really big things that they've got to figure out like who's playing on the defensive line right um but but i do think that that's a really fascinating subplot yeah and and to go back to your point about recruiting for that nickel position it's kind of interesting to see like how they've done it because sometimes things just might fall in your lap just like it did with Jojo how he started out as a safety his career as safety and just kind of physically grew bigger like that's just how his body his body turned out um with all the weight room and conditioning stuff he ended up as a 6'1 230 pounder and kind of I'm looking like like the same thing that is happening with Buddha Wright right now with with uh, Javin Wright he got to Lincoln as a corner a smaller guy but right now he's not small. He's a very intriguing a athlete kid, at six yeah. foot four. He's listed at six four, 210 pounds, very long, very rangy. And what Eric Shenander was, um, I asked him about um, uh, Javin last week. And he said that, you know, since he, since he started his career at corner, he had, so he had those coverages, his, those coverage abilities. That's what he was good at. So right now, if you put his coverage abilities in, and if he uh, keeps keeps the same speed and the same quickness and the same footwork, you have a, a really intriguing athlete at six foot four and over two hundred ten pounds who can move and knows what he's doing in man to man coverage. Now, again, like I was saying earlier about you know each player has things that they're good at and what they're not good at is 
can can Javin Wright be as good as Isaac Gifford or Chris Klarvik in uh, run support? That's what that's what uh, Shenander needs to find out, and that's what he says he's using the spring to find out because everybody everybody has things that they're good at, and everything has everybody has things that they're not good at. You know, Javin Wright may may be able to stick on some people in man to man coverage a lot better than those other guys can, but can he tackle as well as the other guys can? That's, that's the kind of give and, give and take that's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, it will be. And, and that's something that's kind of interesting. Like you, you see that at various positions. Um, Travis Fisher, who also spoke today, um, has talked uh, now, he's talked twice um, during the spring and both times that he's talked with media, he's mentioned tackling um, in his time with us, right? And that that has kind of stood out to me um, as something too, is when he's trying to figure out all of the mixing and matching that, he, that Fisher can do on the back end with the defense. And it's a similar thing as the nickel where you've got guys that are really good at at one thing um, coverage, but then uh, not the most willing tacklers. And you have guys that are very good at tackling or very willing to do it that still need to learn the coverage aspects of it. So there's a lot of that going in um, kind of in the back seven. And that is what you, like you said, a really good point is that's a lot of what this spring is for. Like you've got to figure out all of those things. And that's what one of the things, and it's, this is kind of a, a talking about this Nebraska team coming up this season. It's kind of a big picture thing on the entire team is figuring out all of the puzzle pieces based on all of the guys that they brought in, all of the change with the coaching staff, change with philosophies, all of that, and trying to find how that all works together and how you can then create that into a team that can now go to a bowl game is the overall um, issue that the team is going to have. Um, and I, I don't know that it's it's as easy as people, like fans especially, would hope that it's going to work out. Um, it could take time, but that's why I think that this spring and like, the coaches being patient with all of those guys and the people coming along, I think it's really important. And it sounds like that's the case right now. Yeah. There's, there's just so much uh, change on this team that it kind of seems, um, I don't know, just not, not, not a great idea to like just think that everything is going to fit together and they're going to, you know, get six wins and go to a bowl game on, and, and then everything's going to be on the swing up. But yeah, it's, you know, everywhere you look, there's, there's question marks and, and uh, especially on the defense. And it goes back to uh, Eric Shenander last week saying, I think he was asked something like, what's the kind of, the, what, what, what in his opinion is the uh, one of the top priorities of the defense. And he almost said immediately is figuring out that back end of the defense with the defensive backfield. Um, Cause Quentin Newsom, I really love what Quentin Newsom did at corner last year. And it seemed like he's seems like he's um, really kind of taking that leadership role and, and, and kind of thinking of himself as the guy in, in that DB room, which is good to see. Cause I think he really, he really played great last year as, as the first year starter, but yeah, then there's three other spots and miles farmer. Is he going to hold on to his, his uh, safety spot? Um, and, and another thing that Shenander was talking about is once they get those four guys, those four starters figured out, then they're going to look at the backups. And is, is there a backup that they could slide down to that nickel, nickel position too? It's just, there's a lot of different, um, just components and, and parts moving parts here that it's just kind of hard to talk about sometimes because we, we don't really know 
um, I guess how how many and and who who all is working where and and for how long and it's yeah it's just it's fun to think about and fun to talk about um, not fun to predict I guess is what I'm no to yeah it's funny because we've talked about that before on the Hill Varsity YouTube page is that I <laughs> don't ask me to predict who's going to be especially yeah. in, in the defensive backfield because I I feel like I change my mind every day um, and, and that will be fun for all of us I'm sure will create some headaches for the coaching staff. Um, um, but it's fun for us leading up. We got a lot of time to figure that out. Um, but one thing I definitely wanted to get uh, to you uh, with you about Steve here is that, you know, you covered the women's basketball beat, um, did a great job of that all season long, your first year on the beat. And the team um, ended their Big Ten tournament hopes um, and, and uh, a loss uh, recently against Iowa. And I want to, there's two things I really kind of want to ask you. One is kind of an overall thing about kind of your impressions of their run um, during that tournament. And then and fee like what do you make um of like kind of the caitlin clark hatred that nebraska fans seem to have because i find that fascinating when i see it on twitter every time nebraska plays iowa well i find it fascinating too but we'll we'll table that for the second part of this answer so the first part i've had so much fun uh watching and getting to know the players and and amy and and following them game by game it's been really uh really fun to do and they they seem like they are more tight knit than ever right now. Um, after everything they've been through with the the assistant coach and the player um, getting removed from the roster, and um, it's just I think I think everything off the court may have made everything on the court tighter and inside the locker room tighter. And I really do believe that. And and you know they did fall short. And I know they were they were wanting a conference championship. And Amy and Amy uh, Williams, the head coach, really seemed ticked off at the post game press conference. Um, that I watched on on Zoom afterwards, um, but it's it's just adding more fuel to the fire for when they get into the NCAA tournament. I don't I don't think there's any any doubt about it. They will they will uh, go dancing for the first time since 2018. I think it was. Um, so yeah, it's just been everything seems like it's going really 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 well right now. And to get to your other point about Caitlin Williams, like yeah. Um, Iowa has, Iowa's has their number three wins over them, but look, Caitlin Williams is an incredible basketball player. She's very, very good. And she could beat a lot of teams by herself sometimes right. now from a lot of, she does get a lot of attention, I guess, for things outside of basketball when like in between whistles, maybe, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of talking with officials, a lot of palms raised towards the air and 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 everything but here's my here's my opinion of it i know that she's an incredible basketball player and i know that she's incredible and an incredibly good thing for the women's game in general mm -hmm. now i me personally i don't find her all her antics or whatever you want to say the theatrics i don't find it at all annoying at all like none of it like i i know she's playing a game uh, and yeah, it's a game, it's entertainment and she is being entertainment. That's how I view it really. Um, so yes, do I find some of the things that she does on the court, maybe annoying, like, sure. Yeah. But does it like ha maybe affect my, or, or impact my opinion of her? Absolutely not. She's an incredible player. Um, every, every coach would, every coach in America would want to have Caitlin Clark on the roster, Amy, Amy Williams included. Right. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just like, with Nebraska fans, they they lose the game and they don't want to, and they lose it to a a, a, a player like Caitlin Clark, who's doing a lot of extracurricular stuff. Mm -hmm. 
it, 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 it irks fans the wrong way, I guess. But me personally, no, I, I look the other way. I don't really care about that stuff. She can act how she wants if she's going to put up 41. Right. And I think that that's ultimately what it is. Um, um, and I think it's part, a lot of this has to do with, you know, it's a rival in Iowa. Yeah. Iowa also has their number. She put up some incredible numbers. And I wish I had pulled the stats uh, before the pod to have them right in front of me. But the, what she averaged against Nebraska this season was off the charts as well. So that plays a, a role into it. But you also have to have, and I always say this about sports in general, that you have to have a kind of a villain in your eyes. It may or may not, that person may or may not actually be a villain. It, yeah. It's most likely just someone on your rival team that's really, really good, right? Like that happens all the time and we see it all over the place. Um, and so I, I would suspect that Caitlin Clark takes this as a great compliment and is eating up every bit of this. Um, but for Nebraska fans, it's super annoying. But I, I do want to know too from you is that Nebraska also has so the Alexis Markowski, the freshman of the year in the Big Ten. Um, so obviously a freshman. Jazz Shelley is just a sophomore, right? Yeah, she's listed as a sophomore. Yeah, after transferring to Nebraska, and so and then the season is not over. They still have a, a tournament after you know being you know labeled a quote unquote bubble team, which they took exception with. Um, and so I don't want to you know do a post mortem uh, on the season necessarily, but where do you see kind of the future of this team because it seems like the future is still brighter even brighter um even from where they are now it's incredibly bright um so alexis markowski and she deserves every bit of this is the big 10 freshman of the year and she absolutely deserves it she's going to be a a key foundation a piece of the foundation for this program for the next four years and she absolutely deserves all the accolades that she got but nebraska has another true freshman from tiny small town Nebraska, who's just as good, I think, in Allison Widener. She is really, really good. She, she's, she's physical. She doesn't back down from everybody. She goes straight from Humphrey St. Francis to Big Ten basketball, and she's not missing a beat. I mean, it's, it's been incredible. incredible yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, not a lot of people. Just like a lot of people didn't think that Alexis Markowski was going to step off the court at Pius and, and do what she's doing right now against Big Ten centers, but she is. And a lot of people didn't were kind of questioning, you know, how's this uh, girl from a small D2 school in Northeast Nebraska going to step, step onto the court against the Big Ten uh, guards and, and play? Well, she's a lot tougher than a lot of Big Ten guards that she's played, in, in my opinion. And, you know, she's really hard to stop north to south getting to the hoop if she wants to get to the rim most likely like eight out of ten nine out of ten times she's getting to the hoop and not a lot of guards i saw have stopped her her game is going to con- uh, allison's game is going to con- is going to still grow as she goes on and learns and so is alexis's i mean they're going to continue to add to their games and amy williams is going to continue to devise game plans and build a roster around a star guard and a star center forward so i mean it's the future is incredibly bright for for nebraska women's basketball in my opinion 
and part of that too is I, and I think, and I think really highly of Amy Williams. Um, and I just think that she's such a good coach and the team seems to want to play for her um, so much. And they all kind of rally around her. And I think maybe most importantly, they take on her personality as well. Um, as you mentioned a while back about Amy kind of being ticked off in that press conference um, people, and you would know better than most being around her for the entire season is people describe her very much as a very fierce competitor. Right. Um, and so that when that rubs off on your team as well, they really they really have no choice for that to rub off on them because you're not going to play for that type of coach uh, if you don't have some of that in you as well. And I think that that ends up serving the team in the long run, too, because even when you have a dip in talent, you're able to then overcome that just off of pure grit. They don't have a dip in talent. I'm not saying that, but it also helps when you have that grittiness to you as well. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And uh, it, it, it makes me think towards the beginning of the season when I was, it was my first year covering, it, it is my first season covering the women's team. And it's really my first interaction with them and especially Amy Williams. So you have me at the beginning of this season, kind of talking with Amy before the games even start. And she's like, all smiles, just an incredibly nice human <laughs> being, everything. Um, she's just like everything you want and like covering a head coach. And then you see her like in the Big Ten Conference and she is fire. She is just like she's got passion and, and her and her her players see that and they and they respond um, positively. It's just like she's got some fire to her right now. And, and it's it's awesome to watch. And you could tell that the, the girls play even harder for her when she does that. And then in the post-game press conference, she, she simmers down and she's like back to the to the awesome, um, very nice human being that she is at, at heart. So it yeah, that's that's what you want from the coaches to be able to flip the switch and talk to you like after the game. And and she's she's been awesome at that and and also just kind of showing her passion and fire um during the games too. So it's just a a very fun, um, awesome program to be able to cover for the first year. Yeah, absolutely. And make sure you guys are kind of are checking out hailvarsity.com to see uh, Steve's continued coverage um, of all the things that are going to happen with that team in the NCAA tournament. But every week we end the show uh, with a segment that we call Put Them on Blast, which is my favorite segment of the week, where we basically put someone on blast or something that they did or said. Put them on blast. Uh, this week, I'm going to actually go first, uh, and I'm going to go with one that actually just happened. I had something else planned, uh, and, and I had to ch- change my mind because it, it's added really breaking news over the last, like, hour um, where Calvin Ridley, uh, Falcons wide receiver, um, has been suspended for a year. I, I think they may have even used the term banned uh, for a year from the NFL for betting on Falcons games. Now he did this while away from the team. So technically he wasn't like playing and like involved in betting, uh, but that's either here nor there. For, and for this, and then he went, tweeted, he actually just tweeted a little while ago, um, calm down, it wasn't, I don't have a problem, I only bet 1500 bucks, where when it was reported that he also lost millions, um, part of this is like an uh, 18 parlay um, that would have also, that also needed the Falcons to win, which, I, I, listen, Lord help you if you're betting on the Falcons to win, even if you were a member of the Falcons, but I digress. So he has to go on blast for all of that. But there's a plot twist. The NFL also has to go on blast because the NFL is so swift to come down and drop the hammer on Ridley for gambling, which is 
technically by the book the right thing to do but it's also very murky considering the nfl when they released that statement about him being uh banned for a year might as well have said sponsored by DraftKings because there's always DraftKings commercials there's mgm there's all sorts of things that are happening bet online with the nfl because they've cozied up to gambling and fantasy and all of that because it's great for fan engagement which is fine but then it's also a little weird when you come down on players even because it was in this little bit of a gray area with him not technically being with the team when he made these bets. But I will say this again, for the record, everyone in the situation is wrong. It's a really weird situation. Um, and if I were Calvin Ridley's agent, I would advise him to stop tweeting right now. Uh, as Her- was it Herm Edwards that said, don't hit send, uh, don't hit send. He needs to stop right now. But all of you, Calvin Ridley, NFL going on blast. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a tough one for me here, kind of on the spot. But, and uh, Frankie Fiddler from UNO, okay, pairing up the Summit League. He's just like an amazing basketball player right now. He's, he's another guy that, another in-state guy that is really playing well for his team. He's a freshman at, at UNO, just got knocked out of the Summit League as an eight seed against top seed South Dakota State. Um, but um, he put up excellent numbers again. And I don't think that he is a member of the all summit newcomer league. And now I need to check my facts on that, yeah. but if he's not, that's crazy. And I'm calling out the all Sum- the summit league uh, voters. So um, Frankie Fiddler needs to, needs to be on the all, all summit league newcomers list. That's my, that's my uh, put him on blast. You know, it's interesting too, because you mentioned like, uh, guys from in-state Nebraska that are out there playing basketball and football happens too, but we're, we're talking about basketball here um, for, and playing well at other schools. And it feels like, I, I think that and Jacob Padilla would know this and you know this too, like, especially with state basketball going on right now, it feels like to me that Nebraska high school basketball is in a really good spot. Like, it just feels like it, the competition is good. The players are really good right now. Um, and there are a lot of teams out there making a living off of recruiting these Nebraska players, whether or not it's D1 or not. Like, you're seeing a lot of these guys go on to have a lot of success. And the women, too, um, as we were talking about a couple um, with Nebraska women's basketball as well. Like, it just seems like the, like Nebraska high school basketball is on the rise. I talk about the football being on the rise all the time, but basketball seems to as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, so I, I have confirmed it just now. <laughs> Frankie, Frankie Filler is not a member of that that came out of a few days ago, the Summit League's all newcomer team. And that's just crazy to me. He is averaging almost 13 points per game. And let's just go through his game log here of like the past couple months. Against South Dakota State, Baylor Shireman, South Dakota State, shout out Aurora, Nebraska. He's <laughs> he scored 34 points. That's amazing. Uh, a few day, few games before that, Denver, 22. A few games before that, another 22. Uh, another uh, few games before that, at North Dakota, he put down 35 points. He had a game winner thrown, thrown in there against Denver, I believe, too. So, yeah, put him on blast. Summit League, be better. Frankie Fiddler deserves to be on the all-newcomer list. He's going to be first-team all-conference next year, probably. I'm putting it down. Boy, just a lot of, like, you know, 
<laughs> the <laughs> statement being made by me right now. I don't mean to do that, but whatever. no, it's fine. I'm I'm gonna put we Cam is gonna pull that audio. Um, shouts to Cam for producing this, and we're gonna we're gonna say Frankie Fiddler all Summit League next year. Um, that, that is totally fine. I'm I'm with you on that. Put your hot take out there. That's not that hot. That's not even a hot take. It's, it's not even a hot take. I said it. I'm loving it because it it's not that hot. Uh, he's playing good ball. Uh, but that's gonna do it for us this week. Subscribe to the podcast everywhere you listen to him. Rate us and leave us a five star review if you leave for i'm inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that uh make sure you're checking out the other podcasts on the hill varsity network the mind your own podcast the varsity club podcast nebraska press post game show and the hill varsity radio show also check out the hill varsity youtube page you can find me over there with recruiting question video of the week uh steve and i are on there with, with a football question or a football topic every week and also today we did the post uh practice video as well we're all over the place uh you can also get after us on twitter at greg's with HB and at Steve underscore Mark. I will catch you guys next week. A Huda Media Production.